Trevor, we're clear. friends and welcome to this week's episode of the florida project the podcast where disney fans celebrate walt disney world if you like disney and you like podcasts you will probably like the florida project uh i'm jason and next to me is michael hello did you know this episode of the podcast uh-huh. is 100 percent natural juice oh next week's episode will be artisan oh I like artisan. It means expensiver. Trying a new bit. Yeah. I like it. Will is out this week attending to some personal matters, but hopefully we will have him back in studio next week. For the artisanal episode. If um if there's one thing that screams Will done, it's artisanal. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's like a rustic loaf of bread. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you'd like to support the show, get access to some awesome bonus content, and hang out with us on our Patreon-exclusive Slack channel, become one of our Patreon saints at patreon.com slash podcast. All of our Patreon saints get ad-free versions of the podcast, as well as access to two additional shows, TFP Extra, Extra. and Disney Classics. Each week on TFP Extra, Extra. we keep the podcast train rolling with more zany fun, the airing of grievances in a topic that may or may not be Disney-related. This week, we will talk about the latest uh, TV and movie news from Star Wars Celebration. So if you're a Star Wars fan, get in that. uh, make sure you got your Patreon subscription uh, ready to go. Mm Mm-hmm. On our monthly Disney Classics series, we watch and discuss each of Disney's animated classic films. Our latest episode on The Emperor's New Groove is out now, and we will be watching Fun and Fancy Free in the next couple of weeks. That has Mickey and the Beanstalk. I'm very excited about that. Yay! From the 40s, right? I think so, yeah. All right. Uh, Additional levels and rewards are all on the Patreon site, so sign up at patreon.com slash Podcast today and get more of The Florida Project. In this episode, we'll discuss some nonsense and small topics. Michael will give us the latest news. We'll take a trip down Main Tweet USA, and then we'll go through the official TFP Walt Disney World trip planning checklist. All that and more is coming up on this week's episode of The Florida Project. It's a small topic. After all, it's a small topic. After all, it's a small topic. Small topics. All right. Small topic number one. What is the most difficult part of planning a non-Disney vacation? A non-Disney vacation? Yeah. So like to a new city or... For me, it would be deciding where to go that's not Disney related. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because I have a hard time not defaulting to either a Disney cruise mm-hmm. or a Disney park Yeah. Um, for vacations. So it'd be for me the hard part would be coming up with something that excites me to the same degree. Yeah, that's new. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, a lot of Disney fans have that problem, especially like Disney World fans have the like, okay, I want to go on a vacation. Non Disney, what is it? 
Um, for me, it is not picking where to go, but um, the most efficient uh, order to do things to maximize your um, geography. Your, yeah, maximize your sightseeing to uh, in transit ratio. Right. So, like, for instance, when we went to New York, um, the first day was kind of just touring around Midtown, basically, and seeing the sights there. Mm -hmm. But um, I wasn't sure what the best order was to go do them all. So I got my friend Lisa to, or our friend Lisa, to um, help me out with the order. And then I was able to massage it from there. But yeah, because it would suck if you started your day in downtown. Yep. Then he went to Washington Heights. Yep. Then he crossed the river in to Brooklyn. Brooklyn. And then he go to the other side of Manhattan to go to New Jersey for some reason. Uh, That's a lot of traveling for one day. I don't know a song about New Jersey from a musical. I'm sure there was one in the... I think they did a Bon Jovi. Jersey Boys? Oh, yeah. It's Jersey night. <laughs> 1864 and 92. I don't know the song. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Planning like the order of things so that it's um, makes sense as to yeah. like where you are physically. It would be a challenge, especially for a city that you're not familiar with. Yep. Also food planning restaurant choices is difficult for me as well, because I like food. I'm a, <laughs> I am a, uh, I would call myself a pretty good cook um, and we'll try most everything, but I don't like, overly pretentious food or overly expensive food. So then finding restaurants that you want to eat at becomes surprisingly low on my priority list of travel, but yeah. hard to figure out. Yeah. Kind of bringing it back to New York. I kind of liked what we did there where we didn't really have a food plan. Yeah. And for the most part that, that worked out pretty well. Yeah. Cause it kind of forced you to look and try stuff. Um, wherever you happen to be at the time that you're hungry or wherever you're going to be at a meal time. And that was fun. Yeah. All right. What is your preferred vacation length? Mine is five to seven days. One but, week. Yeah. 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 Um, I would agree with that depending on where you're going. If you're going to Vegas, three days is enough, like way enough for me. Um, but I would go five to five to Seven days, as long as there's still a buffer day before I have to go back to work. Yeah. my I guess my preference would be Saturday to Saturday or Sunday to Saturday. So, yeah, you have that yeah. Sunday. Um, yeah, Sunday to Saturday is, I think, a good one. Yeah, because then you're not rushing to go after work on Friday. Mm-hmm. You kind of have a day to get ready for your trip. But at the same time, you want to use that extra day. If, like, you might want to... Yeah. We, like you might decide at four o'clock to just drive down to Disney World and stay in a, right. a fifty dollars hotel for the yeah. night before. That has happened. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, loosely based on um, Alex's plan. They generally go down the night before and stay in what's that town? I think it's Ocala. Ocala, which is an hour away. I say continue the hour <laughs> and just get in a little late, and then you don't have to drive an hour to get to Disney World the next morning. But yeah, it worked whatever. out really well. I liked it. It was good. Yeah, whatever works for you. Yeah. But the thing is, too, like if so, like I would like a week vacation, but it doesn't necessarily mean I want to stay in the same spot for the week. Yeah. So, like for your Vegas example, 
Mm-hmm. Three days in Vegas might be good, but then there's a lot you could do from there for the other days. Like you go to Hoover Dam, you go see take Grand the Dam tour. Yeah, <laughs> like you could see other sites that aren't actually in Vegas, and it may mean like going somewhere and like staying and not not like day trips, but actually like changing your location yeah. for part of the trip. But um, I think that's a good way to do it too. If you're going somewhere and you want like a full week's vacation, but you don't want to spend it all in one spot, look for other things kind of in the general area of the country or whatever country you're in. Yeah, to do. Um. All right, and finally, you've been put it. You have been put in charge of putting together those DVD bundles that you might find in one of those large bins at a warehouse store. Um. 20 years ago. <laughs> so, complete the following three packs of DVDs. Okay. Okay. The first one contains Hackers, the movie Hackers, Johnny Mnemonic, and Lawnmower Man. Lawnmower Man. That's a good one. <laughs> it seems like it's from around the same time period as those yeah. movies. And it has that weird yeah. inside the internet thing right. going on. Because I also thought of uh, The Matrix or The Net with Sandra Bullock. Yeah. My uh, first instinct was The Net. Yeah. But I don't know that I've actually seen The Net uh, all the it, way through. It was an exciting thriller at the time, I yeah. remember. Did they go into the internet? No. Like, no, no. Like your Johnny's mnemonic? No. My memory of it was that she discovered something on The Net. Oh, okay. And then they were like after her. But gotcha. it had, it's been like 20 years. So. Okay. <laughs> Um, my other option, uh, I don't know why, but it was Tank Girl. Oh, weird. <laughs> I feel like that, in a weird way, kind of goes. I've never seen Tank Girl. Oh, it's good. It's not good, but it's good. We should watch that. I don't usually like movies in the desert. Yeah. But they use this little, um, uh, remember those little, those paint things that were in that accordion bubbly deal? It was like puff paint, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the accordion squished down. They used one of those and stabbed it into people, and then it extracted all the water out of them and then filled up that accordion bubble <laughs> reservoir thing. That doesn't seem realistic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems dirty, like um, that Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like dusty. Yeah. Um, all right, but I think I will go with The Matrix. I'll stick to the lawnmower, man. Okay. I like it. All right. Uh, Three pack number B. Armageddon, Independence Day, and The Day After Tomorrow for me. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Love that movie. No, I don't, but it's so stupid. I love the... Actually, I love the South Park parody of that movie. And it's not as stupid now as it was when it came out, which is uh, kind of yeah. weird. <laughs> well, and they're outrunning the cold. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's stupid. It's like that M. Night Shyamalan movie where they're outrunning the wind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the disease or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with uh, another film that came out the same year as Armageddon mm-hmm. and Deep Impact. Oh, yeah. Volcano is also a contender for that mm. one. What about... Um, the Inferno well, it was Volcano and Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno came out at the same time. Yeah, They're both Volcano or magma related yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah, it is strange that 
around that time, a lot of there were a lot of similar movies that would come out. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the final one is Star Trek: First Contact, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and Stargate. Oh, I kind of think of Ooh, another one, one that had like a a subtitle. Yeah, what'd you go with? I might go with uh, Transformers, the Transformers movie. Oh, which one? Maybe Bumblebee. Yeah, Transformers Bumblebee. Or Ghostbusters would be good too. Which one? The first one? The second one? The remake or the third one? Um, Probably the second one. I loved that one. But it doesn't have a subtitle. Maybe Captain America Civil War. <laughs> that would kind of go. It's a random... Random selection from the middle of the franchise. I don't know. I feel like you have to stay with the space theme or the science fiction theme. Yeah. Isn't there another Marvel movie that's more like science-y or science fiction-y? Guardians. Oh, yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah. Volume 2. Yeah. Not the first one. <laughs> Not the first one. Guardians <laughs> Volume 2. Okay. Uh, and that's it for small topics. Thanks, Jason. Those are some fun small topics. I like that DVD three-pack one. We're going to do that again. I also need to know what Carrie's answer is to Hackers, Johnny Mnemonic, and the third one. And I would like to make a formal request to get Hackers and Johnny Mnemonic on our digital media. Please. I've never seen... Um... <gasps> and Tank Girl. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm going to hide that from my library. <laughs> <laughs> News. So here are three news items to discuss this week about Walt Disney World and Disney Cruise Line. Number one, new concept art and details released for Tiana's Bayou Adventure. So Carmen Smith, Senior Vice President of Creative Development, Product Content, and Exclusive Strategies at Disney, released some new information about the new attraction replacing Splash Mountain. The magic of the bayou is calling, so listen closely because we're digging a little deeper into the experience guests can expect from the future attraction coming to both Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World Resort. Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Yay! The enchantment of the bayou will illuminate with a celebration during Mardi Gras season hosted by Princess Tiana and Prince Naveen. And today, I'm thrilled to announce that Mama Odie will reprise her role as the catalyst to that magic. Mm Mm-hmm. As depicted in some new concept art, Mama Odie jokes with guests along the journey after a special display of her magic. The 200-year-old Bayou Fairy Godmother, with her eccentric belongings and seeing eye steak Juju, is comically eccentric, yet wise and all-knowing throughout the adventure. We're so delighted that legendary actress Jennifer Lewis, who starred as the voice of Mama Odie in Walt Disney Animation Studios' The Princess and the Frog, is once again returning to her role for the attraction. And here are some more new details. There's going to be a brand new cast of original Disney characters with distinct names and personalities. Dozens of entirely new audio animatronic figures, including Mama Odie. Excellent. Adorable critters with incredible talent, bringing the diverse flavors of musical gumbo found in New Orleans. I wonder where they're going to get those adorable critters. (laughs) New original music alongside favorite tunes from the film. Do you love beignets as much as Louie? Well, you're in luck because the alluring scent of beignets being peppered for the being prepared for the party will be part of the attraction queue. That's 
I bet it's going to be in that hallway, like that final hallway. And uh, that's going to make people, a bunch of people starve. Like that'll really drive traffic over to the, the Tiana's restaurant. <laughs> they should have the queue just go through like a beignet quick service. Yeah, they might get your beignets here. Additional talent voices from the film reprising their roles, including Bruno Campos as Prince Naveen, Michael Leon Woolley as Louis, and the one and only Anika Nuni Rose as Princess Tiana. And familiar faces from the film, such as Princess Tiana, Prince Naveen, Mama Odie, Louis, Eudora, Charlotte, Big Daddy, the King and Queen of Maldonia, and Prince Ralphie. Big Daddy. Tiana's Bayou Adventure builds on the story of Princess Tiana, a character whose pride and perseverance reminds us of a universal truth. Within us lies the potential to make our dreams come true. This all-new adventure will bring Disney Parks guests into Princess Tiana's world like never before when the attraction opens in Disneyland Park at Disneyland and Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World in 2024. Splash Mountain at Walt Disney World is already closed and undergoing redevelopment, and Splash Mountain at Disneyland will close starting on May 31st, 2023. Oh, I don't think I realized they hadn't closed uh, Disneyland Splash Mountain yet. Did you see ours has been, the the stump is already gone from ours, no. the top of ours. Now it's just like a a, a weird top, because you're used to seeing the stump. It's, now it's just a flat top. <laughs> With a slight curve, like a bald head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the thing that I may be most excited for is the outdoor nighttime queue, uh, because I'm, they better put some fireflies out there in all those trees and stuff. Um, and I think it will be beautiful if they do, if they don't do that, then they've really, uh, missed an opportunity. I feel like if they don't do that at the very least, it'll be in the inside part of the attraction. Yeah. I bet there'll be some in there. Yeah. Um, because I feel like I may have seen some concept art that had fireflies. Yeah. But hopefully they'll be out in that swamp area in the front. We'll find out in about 18 months. Boo. But hooray. Number two, Star Tours headed for some new adventures. So some Star Wars related Disney Parks news dropped last weekend at the Star Wars Celebration event in London. Disney Imagineers and Mauro Johnson and Asa Kalama, as well as Matt Martin from Lucasfilm, shared, quote, In 2024, we're going to add more stories and characters to Star Tours at three of our destinations around the world. Disneyland Park in California, Disney's Hollywood Studios in Florida, and Disneyland Paris in France. Since its debut at Disneyland in 1987 as the first Star Wars attraction in a Disney park, Star Tours has traveled to new places as the galaxy of stories expand. We're looking forward to continue that tradition next year with all new adventures, but I can't reveal just where we're going yet or those we may meet along the way because, well, some surprises are best experienced as part of the upcoming Star Wars content also announced this weekend, end quote. Ooh. So I guess that means some of the characters or places will be from the new movies and shows. Yeah, hopefully we'll get uh, Din Djarin, Lil Grogu. Oh yeah, Lil Grogu would be awesome. Um... Probably go to Navarro. Isn't that where he's always hanging out? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Fly around that um, that beast thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Coruscant? No, we already go there. Maybe Plezier 15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's probably places we don't even know about yet. Yeah, with a uh, Lizzo cameo. <laughs> Terrible actor, but man, I love some Lizzo. <laughs> Did you see there was a, a meme of um, 
when uh, Grogu was helping Lizzo play that game, that like croquet type game. Yeah, he used the force or whatever. Yep. <laughs> it was like, this is what they would show during the like side effects part of a drug commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take blah, blah, blah if you're... <laughs> so, very exciting. Uh, I wonder if they'll do a mix and match again or if they will keep them in... Well, they still mix and match, right? No, I think that but now they just they're... just keep them in the timeline? I, I think now they're separated by trilogy. So they mix and match the trilogy. Yeah, like I, I if I remember correctly, your all the stuff randomized stuff comes from like the same pool of like the sequel trilogy or the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy. Yeah. But I could be wrong. But I feel like that's I think that's right. I feel like that changed at some point. Um so I assume they would do the same thing, but who knows? Yeah. I don't even know if they're gonna keep the ones that we have. I don't know if the law be changed or not. I bet they'll keep the ones we have. Because there's no, I mean, there's probably no downside to doing that. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I saw, it wasn't a rumor, but I think it was speculation online. Of Someone suggested moving the Muppets to over where the Cars Theater is by Rock and Roller Coaster. Mm-hmm. And then making the Muppets area, the current Muppets area, part of uh, Galaxy's Edge. That way Star Tours will be literally adjacent to Galaxy's Edge. So you could always arrive at uh, Batu, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, it remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Number three, Disney Band Plus coming to Disney Cruise Line. Disney has announced that the Magic Band Plus technology used at Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resort will start to make its way to Disney Cruise Line, beginning with a preview opportunity on select Disney Wish sailings before it officially debuts this summer. With Disney Band Plus, you'll be able to unlock the hands-free conveniences of wearable technology on the high seas for the first time on a Disney cruise with three Disney Cruise Line exclusive designs to choose from. Pricing for solid bands is $34.99 and theme designs are priced at $44.99. You can also use the Disney Band Plus at Walt Disney World and Disneyland, and you can use your Magic Band Plus on Disney Cruise Line. If you are thinking the Disney Band Plus sounds exactly like the Magic Band Plus, <laughs> you are right. We understood that the reason for the name change is that Disney does not have the rights to use Magic Band in some territories where Disney Cruise Line operates. And so the uh, alternate name is used. Okay. This is according to uh, WW Magic. Okay. Disney Man Plus will allow unlocking your stateroom door, charging a treat or a souvenir to your payment card or your stateroom folios, and linking onboard photos. And like Magic Band Plus, Disney Band Plus is waterproof and rechargeable. So that's cool. Um, it's... Uh... Uh, it's a little surprising that it took this long for Magic Band to come to Disney Cruise. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because they like they used it for um, maybe they still use a, a old Magic Band for um the kids club. Yeah, um, so that they could get in and out. Uh, and then it even had like you could scan it on your um that game Disney Infinity, and it would give you a cruise ship uh, unlockable. So. Um, so it is a little surprising because you, you did, you always had to wear like a lanyard with your card. Cause you can't like, you have to use your card, your like door card to charge anything or to buy anything. And then they charge you at the end. Um, I guess probably to get around tax things or something. Uh, 
But you always had to carry this card around with you. So mm-hmm. the magic band has always been there. And I'm just surprised that it took them this long to make that your key and your yeah. thing. Especially since they can sell them. Yeah. So. And they will. I, that would be the reason that I would buy a Magic Man Plus. Like, I probably won't buy one until then. Unless they make the app so that you can use it on your iPhone or your Apple Watch. What app? The Disney Cruise Line app. Oh, the Cruise Line app. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder like if... Like they do with your tickets. Yeah, maybe it will. Yeah. Also, it remains to be seen. What also remains to be seen is more news because that is it for this week. That's some news. good news, Michael. It was good news. All three of those. The good news? I've heard it is the good news. Oh, okay. 100% juice. <laughs> <laughs> that means it's healthy. Mm-hmm. All right, in this week's main tweet, US, does he do a little thing? I don't ever listen to Will when he talks. Oh, no, he doesn't, <laughs> no, he doesn't do a thing typically. Hmm. Well, he maybe may, he, should. he may say this week, but it doesn't go main tweet USA because uh, the, the intro song says it's main tweet USA. Gotcha. We're tweeting down the main <laughs> tweet road today. That's what he should do from now on. Uh, in this week's main tweet USA, we got two, two new MCU trailers. Uh, the first one is the secret invasion trailer. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, me too. Actually, both of these, but this one comes first. (laughs) Uh, the trailer for Marvel Studios forthcoming Disney plus spy series secret invasion is finally here. Samuel L. Jackson's super spy Nick Fury takes center stage back on Earth after a mission off-planet assisting the benevolent Skrulls, a shape-shifting alien race first introduced to the MCU in Captain Marvel. What Fury finds upon his return is a radical sect of Skrulls led by Kingsley Ben-Adir's Gravik on our planet, who are impersonating key people and causing havoc from within. The six-episode series premieres June 21st, uh, 2023 on Disney Plus, and along with Jackson and Benadir stars Ben Mendelsohn, Olivia Coleman, uh, Amelia Clark, and Christopher McDonald. Kobe Smulders returns as Agent Maria Hill, hooray. Martin Freeman returns as Everett Ross, also hooray. And Don Cheadle returns as Rhodey, also hooray. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. I really hope um, Maria Hill gets a lot more play in this one. Yeah, me too. Like, I feel like she's just all, always kind of just standing around most of the time. Like, she's not doing cool Maria Hill stuff, except for in Spider-Man Far From Home. But that wasn't actually Maria Hill. Yeah, but that was the scroll. <laughs> yeah. So, hopefully she gets to, to do some badassery. Yeah, I hope one. so. Uh, and then the second trailer we got was the Marvel's teaser trailer. Um, and this was a lot earlier than we've gotten a lot of the the so recent, much earlier. Um, the recent Marvel trailer. Like really the recent Marvel trailers, the 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 marketing plan seems to be more like streaming where it's like, here's something you've never heard of and it's coming to Netflix in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the Marvel movies have seemed like. It's like you're gonna see it, so you'll get f- footage when you get footage. 
Yeah, I don't know why they decided to release it now specifically. The only thing I can think of is they want to put it before Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. Usually there's not as long of a gap between Marvel movies as there is this time. So usually one of them always has the preview for the next one. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so. Or. Actually, I don't have an or. Yeah, I don't know why. Or, it, I mean, it could be um, like if they're slowing down production on things, um, it could be that they've just have finally have time to finish, like to get a little bit ahead or to finish things a little earlier than they were. Yeah, the weird thing is... Um, In post. Supposedly, essentially this trailer or teaser is the one that premiered during... Um, I can't remember if it was Comic-Con or the D... D23 mm-hmm. Expo um, in the fall. So like this teaser has been done for a while and we still have a while before the movie comes out, which is fine. It's just in- interesting timing is yeah. the only reason I bring it up. Yeah. Uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 coming out in three weeks, Marvel has released the first look at the next film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Stars Brie Larson as Captain Marvel a.k.a. Carol Danvers. Tiona? Yeah, I think Tiona. Tiona Paris as Captain Monica Rambeau, the daughter of Maria Rambeau, and Iman Vellani as Ms. Marvel. The Marvels is a sequel to 2019's Captain Marvel, 2021's WandaVision, and 2022's Ms. Marvel. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury and Goose the Flurkin return as well <laughs> with an adorable army of flurkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on the teaser, it's sort of a body swap movie. Instead of switching bodies, the heroes switch places. Basically, whenever one of these superheroes uses their powers, they switch places with another one. Hijinks ensue. Uh, and the Marvels will be released on November 10th, 2023, only in theaters. Yeah, I'm excited. It looked good. It looked like it looked fun. Um, yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it looked funny, but not like too funny. Yep. Um, I don't know. It had like a good tone and it was just bright and colorful and I liked all the characters. Like, yep. I love Miss Marvel from her show and I love uh, Captain Marvel. Um, so, we haven't seen that much of Monica Rambeau so I'm excited to see more about her now mm-hmm. that she's superhero enabled. Yeah, they showed um, they showed off their new suits, uh, all three of their new suits and I have to say uh Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel's new suits seem like a little bit of a downgrade from their old suits. And Ms. Marvel's suit in the show was perfect. Yeah. So any change on hers would have been tough. <laughs> but, um, but I do really like uh, Monica Rambeau's. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, Monica's. Um, I really like her suit too. So I'm excited. So we'll find out in six months. Seven months. Yep. Long time. Now that we've come to the end of the Main Tweet USA. Thanks, Jason. That was a fun trip down Main Tweet USA. Today's topic is... The official TFP Walt Disney World planning checklist. Uh, Planning a trip to Walt Disney World can be overwhelming, especially if you're doing it for the first time. So we thought we'd give some vacation planning advice in this episode. Um, This is part checklist, part 
questionnaire. Here's how we recommend you go about planning your trip to Walt Disney World. And Michael is, um, he generally is the planner of the the three of us when we go on trips or the two of us when we go on trips. Um, uh, so we just thought it would be a, a fun idea to, to give some practical advice um, uh, on what steps you need to follow. Not necessarily recommendations for what you should do, but um, but the the sort of process of planning a vacation. Yeah, like what to do and when to do it. Yeah. If you're going to do it. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff has changed a lot over the last few years. So like, yeah. especially after COVID when they started adding like the reservations and FastPass became Genie Plus and it kind of changed the way uh, people that go to Disney frequently, it changed how they plan their trips, at least from my experience. Um, for first timers, it there's no real difference. You still had to do a lot before when you would plan a trip yep. for the first time. And now you still have to, it's just kind of different. Yeah. And a lot of people get sort of intimidated by the process of planning because you know, the, the, the complaints you hear about a Disney vacation, um, most often are the, the cost one. And then also that there's so much planning involved, like, um, sort of unlike a Disneyland vacation or even uh, some of the other international parks. But Disney World is so big and there's so much to do. Uh, and, you know, there's logistics. Like you can't just walk to things um, that it does require a little bit more planning. But I think once you get into it, it's not like it's not super complicated. It's not any more complicated than planning a trip to like another city, maybe even a less complicated. Yeah. Um, because you don't, like you don't have to worry about necessarily uh I'm gonna do this museum and this show and this thing on this day, you know, like once you get there, they kinda like you can put it on cruise control and, and you're good. So Yeah. And there's some similarities. Like when you plan a trip to like New York or something, you may have to buy like museum tickets ahead of time mm-hmm. or Broadway show tickets ahead of time or whatever, things like that. And with Disney, it's not quite as strict, but depending on how you plan your trip, it's kind of the same thing. You might have to make reservations beforehand or, uh, well, you definitely have to make a park reservation or you might have to decide um, early on how long you want to go for because you'll have to buy your ticket early if you want to do certain things. So it's just, it's one of those things which it's it's hard going back because we're not first timers. So I don't have a good sense of, if you've never been to Disney before, how much of this stuff is actually communicated to you yep. when you decide to go, whether it's from Disney or your travel agent or whatnot. And I wonder how many people just like decide to go and just show up at Disney thinking they can just go in. And um, it sadly doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to go into super detail on all these things. Um, we have a lot of shows that cover a lot of this in detail that you can search through our catalog for, but um, thought we'd give a, a high level overview and uh, if you want to dig deeper, there's plenty of shows that you can listen to from our catalog. Um, or for if you're a first-time listener or a new listener, first of all, welcome. And uh, second off, uh, hopefully this helps. Okay? Yeah. So the first thing um, you need to do is decide when you're going to go, <laughs> right? Um, true of any vacation. <laughs> true of any vacation. So um, there, there is still an off-season and a peak season, right? Um off season is generally when kids are in school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, you have to take into account like spring, if you say spring break, you're really talking about March and April is spring break, right. like the whole month for all of the colleges and all of the school districts across the entire country. You know, it's it like kids are in school a lot longer and for a lot more or no, I'm sorry. Kids are in school a lot less, I guess, than your kids may be in school. If that makes sense. Right. Like your kids spring break is April 1st through April 7th. Spring break season is March 1st through April 30th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. There's also not as much of a difference between off season and peak season as there used to be. Yep. But there definitely is a difference. And it just kind of depends on specifically when you go during those seasons too, because yep. it can fluctuate wildly. Like sometimes in the winter, it's really crowded because Either there's a holiday weekend or a race or something like that. Yep. And then other times it's not crowded at all during the winter. Yep. Yeah. If if you if you have kids and you have to take them out or you have and you don't want to take them out of school, um, then you're kind of locked into to when you're going. So in that case, I would I would personally avoid like Fourth of July. Uh, and Christmas and Thanksgiving those weeks. Yeah. Um, the summer is more manageable, I think, because people's Disney vacations are more spread out. Um, and then things like fall break or spring break or winter break. Um, uh, if there's an extended week, a long weekend or, or a longer school break, um, there are going to be more people there. Also to Michael's point, it's crowded every day, right? Yeah. It's off season, peak season versus off season. Um, is really a, 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 it's not orders of magnitude difference, right? Um, it's, you know, maybe 20 minutes difference in weights for things, right? Um, so keep that in mind. So one thing that I strongly, strongly, strongly recommend is uh, sign up for touring plans. Um, they have a, a great crowd calendar is what we use when we decide when we're going to go down. Um, but we also, Michael and I have the luxury of not having uh, kids so we can go down kind of whenever we can go down in the the super low season where, you know, you might see two weeks out of the year where people are posting pictures of an empty Epcot or something like that. Um, uh, so check out touring plans um, and their crowd calendars or any other crowd calendar service. I guess site. Yeah. And and That's it'll help you kind of figure out when you want to go. And also, um, if you're not familiar with planning your Disney trip and when to go, the difference between a peak season and off season, it's not a binary thing. It's not like half the year's off season. Yeah. The other half is peak season. Each month can have an off season and a peak yeah. season, like depending like on January. Which, yeah. Like the beginning like of January may or may not be crowded depending on which weekend you go. And the end of January may not be crowded. But the middle of January may be crowded because you have Martin Luther King Day weekend in the middle. So yep. it just... In a race, like there's a race. Yeah, there's, there's always a, a race in January. So it's just... We say season, but it's not like an actual season. It's just... There's certain times down to which day of the week, depending on which week it is. And it's just... Sadly, it's not as easy as just saying, okay, if I just go in September, it's going to be good. It's yep. just not always the case anymore. It used to be. Yeah. Um, but it's not. Um, another another thing for determining when you want to go is the weather. Um, you know, it's hot in the summer in Central Florida. Um, it is the middle of a swamp. 
in a, you know, very Southern state. That's really a hot place. There's no ocean breeze. It's in the middle of flat. the state. It's flat. Um, so it's hot and humid and gross. Like you will walk out of it. You know, there are times of the year where you'll walk out of the door and be like, Ugh. <laughs> like, how is it disgusting already at 7am? But, um, <clears throat> so just keep that in mind. Uh, um, I will say end of January and into February, um, it's kind of a, you don't know what you're going to get. You may be wearing jeans the whole time. You may be wearing a pullover the whole time. You may be wearing shorts and a t-shirt the whole time. So, um, you know, the fall and the late winter, early spring are pretty good times to go, uh, weather wise. Um, and then I would say that earlier in the summer, if you're going during the summer, like right after school gets out, it's probably better. Um, but just bring your, bring your water, bring your, uh, cooling towels and things like that. Uh, and then finally, how long do you want to stay? Yeah, I mean, that's... So, do you want to stay a week? You same thing, you have to decide on any vacation. It yep. depends on how much time you have. Yep. So, those two things are... It's when and how long are is really your first... The first things on your checklist. Yep. You can't really do much else without those two things. Yep. Uh, next up, we need to talk about a budget. So, um, this also can drive when you want to go. Um, cause rooms are cheaper during different times of the year. Tickets too. tickets too. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, it is an expensive vacation, right? Like there's no doubt about that. It's not, I wouldn't necessarily call it, uh, much more expensive than like a trip to New York or a trip to like a premium vacation destination. Yes. It's more expensive than a week in Branson, Missouri, but <laughs> you know, you're at Disney world and not Branson, Missouri. Okay. Um, so coming up with a realistic budget, I think is important. Um, a couple of things to consider are tickets. So I did uh, a quick calculation today and a four day during like their peak season uh, ticket is $570 a person and a four day during the off peak is $470 a person. So, you know, you can save if you can go in a off peak season or a lower price ticket time you can save a decent amount of money for a larger group of people what a savings yes uh and then also your resorts um on your low end you're going to be about 200 dollars a night uh high end is 700 and up right per night definitely end up yes <laughs> um you got that presidential suite at the grand floridian <laughs> right that's that's and up <laughs> yes so just keep those prices in mind. Like it's going to be just an expensive um, outlay initially. Uh, and then, you know, you also want to take into account things like parking, souvenirs, food, uh, individual lightning lanes, genie pluses, all that kind of stuff. It does add up. The food is expensive. Um, I would say quick services are probably going to be about $20 a person. Um, and then sit down meals are more in the $50 a person range. Basically all these things are things that you have control over whether or not how much you want to spend and whether or not you spend any money yeah. on them at all. Parking you'll have to pay for. Yeah. Unless you're at a Disney resort. Um but souvenirs you have complete control over whether you get any souvenirs or whether you get a lot of souvenirs. And food, you know, you can decide how much you want to spend 
um, or what kinds of restaurants you want to go to or whether or not you want to go somewhere else for food. Yep. And you can decide whether or not you want Lightning Lanes or Genie Pluses. So like these things are more kind of flexible financial decisions for your trip, whereas tickets and resorts aren't as flexible. Yep. Uh, next up, we have find a place to stay. So again, this is going to factor into your budgeting. Um, there are two major categories. You have your on-property versus your off-property. Um, as the on-property hotels get quote-unquote nicer and more expensive, I think the value of staying on property goes down. Um in a $200 a night situation, uh, staying on property, you know, you get the transportation, it saves on parking. Um, uh, I think that's really where you, you decide, um, or that's really where the, the trade-off I think is, um, leans maybe more towards staying on property. Like the less you spend. The nicer the hotel you go, um, you know, if you, if you want to go for a really nice hotel, um, stay at the Four Seasons at Bonnet Creek, right? Like there are big major hotels all around there that um, are nicer than, you know, the nicest Disney hotels. Um, like if you're just looking for, I like a nice room. Yeah. If you want a nice view or a re- very relaxing one, you're spending a lot of money, then Polynesian. Um, is where I would go. It's the the good one. But um, on property versus off property is a decision to make. Um, and I would say if you want a nicer hotel and you don't care about ambience, then stay off property. Um, if you're looking for a place that is the most efficient to get to and from, stay on property in a, one of the cheap, cheaper hotels. But another thing to look into are houses in the area. Um, and uh, rentals, like vacation rentals, you don't get a lot of the perks of staying on property like early booking and extra magic hours and um, free parking and all that kind of stuff. However, um, you do get a much larger area for generally a lot less money. Like, so, you know, you have places to spread out as a family. Um, and then you also... Uh, uh, you have the option to like make breakfast before you leave or come home early for dinner, or make sandwiches or whatever. So like you can save a little bit of money on food if you stay off property in a, in a house or someplace that has a, a kitchen and a refrigerator. And with that, you need to factor in the fact that you'll have to travel to the parks. Yeah. Um, which depending on where you're staying can kind of be a time suck. Yeah. Especially if you're, if you want to take breaks in the middle of the day to go back to your room or your house or whatever um, that that can just eat into your day. And if this is like your once in a lifetime trip, you may not want yep. to be sitting in your car multiple times a day. Yep. So that's something to consider too. Uh, so we have uh, figured out when we're going We've planned a budget. We found a place to stay. So next up we're going to, um, these are the last two things really before you leave or, you know, that you can do in advance and then everything else is like on the day. Um, So plan your days, plan what you're going to do. So you do need to do this in advance because you do have to make park reservations. Um, 
Michael, do you have like a park reservation strategy? Like, you know, what days you try to do what things or anything? Not really. I mean, personal preference is not to be there on the weekend. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't work for everyone. Um, I will say with the park reservation thing, this and the previous step of deciding where to stay, sometimes the order of these need to be switched. Um, because if you're staying, if if you get someplace to stay and you've paid for it, but then you find out you can't get a park reservation on the days that you've booked your hotel, well, then you may want to change. You may want to get your reservation first just yeah. to ensure, especially if you're going through like a peak time. Most of the time, like if it's not peak, you're not going to really have an issue with reservations. You still have to get them, but they're probably not going to interfere too much with whether or not you can go the time that you want to go. Yeah. But it's something to consider, especially if you put down money for something that you potentially can't get back if you make a change to it. So, yeah. And when you're getting your tickets, uh, it does say, sort of show you what parks are available and, and all that kind of stuff. So you can plan like, because yeah. you, you have to pick a day for your tickets. Like, yeah. For your, or date range for your tickets. Um, and if you don't, the only other strategy for the park reservations I'll say is if some of the parks are booked, like a lot, certain days, uh, currently Hollywood Studios tends to book up faster than the other parks, probably because of Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land. Um, If you have like the park hopper, then you can just get a reservation at a different park and then go to Hollywood Studios later. Um, So that's something to consider too. I mean, if you don't have a park hopper, then that's not an option, but um, you're not... if If one park is booked up, most likely you'll be able to hop to it anyway. Yep. If you have a hopper ticket. Yeah. Um, so I would recommend a full day at Magic Kingdom, at least, uh, and probably Epcot for us. We do maybe a full day at both of them. Um, and then Animal Kingdom can be a half day. Uh, it can be a full day, but it's it's not a it's not a packed full day. Um, it just depends on what kind of trip you're in. Yeah. Whether it's and, rides or shows and right like, i don't know it's yeah. different for everyone but generally if you were going to have a half day park or a, a less than full day park or a day where you leave at three and go to the pool it's going to be your animal kingdom day probably and maybe even your studios day um but we've found that going to studios later it's a little less crowded yeah most of the time so um so pick your days, make your reservations, and then also um, other activities uh, that you may consider are doing a resort day. So if you go down for five days, you don't have to go to the parks for five days. You don't have to book the length of stay tickets. Um, so you can do a resort day. You can do the water parks. You can do Disney Springs. Um, there's plenty of stuff to do. You could take a trip out to Port Canaveral if you wanted to. Um, <clears throat> so you can use Disney as kind of your home base, but not go to the parks every day. And a lot of people do that. Uh, and it's a way to save money um, on resort tickets or on theme park tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, our pre-planning is uh, deciding on restaurants and experiences. So these open up about 60 days or 60 days before. Um, uh, so, you know, if you want to book sit down restaurants, you can do that 60 days in advance. If you want to book like your dessert parties or your fireworks parties, um, you can do that 60 days in advance. Uh, the workshop, Savi's workshop, is that what it is? Um, to build a lightsaber, I think that's 60 days in advance. So uh, that's really the last thing that you need to to kind of pre-plan is um, uh, if you want to make 
um, firm reservations for things. I would discourage creating or making a full service restaurant uh, reservation, certainly for every meal, but even for every day. Um, take advantage of the quick service, take advantage of last minute reservations. Um, and, and just, you know, do, do a little bit of winging it, like do a little bit of, let's see where the day takes me. And that's what we're going to. Yeah. It'll be a lot easier to be more flexible. Plus you also have to consider when you're making your, when you get to the step of making advanced reservations, assuming you want to, what days you've made your park reservations for is going to be a factor. Yep. Um, So that's something to consider too. Yeah. So if you make like a Cinderella's Royal table, Reservation, you have to go to Magic Kingdom that day. Yeah. Like you have to have a ticket for it. And they're not going to let you in just to go to, yeah. to have your dinner and then leave. So and they're not going to, I think you still have to have a park reservation. Like you can't be like, but I have a reservation for dinner. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah you have yeah. to have a park reservation. So, yeah. Keep that in mind because you, you may end up. So, like when I'm planning, um, typically there's a lot of moving around of pieces. So, like I'll book initial park reservations. Like, to try to make sure I go to each park that I want to go to or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when I get to the point of making dining reservations or whether it's a lightsaber building or whatnot, it may require me to kind of adjust the park reservations. Yeah. So like I may only be able to find um, a BR guest reservation on Tuesday, but I have a, I don't have a magic kingdom um, reservation. Now for me, it doesn't matter because I'm, I have a park hopper so I can go to the magic kingdom but if you don't have a park hopper, you would need to change your park reservation to the Magic Kingdom if you wanted to take advantage of that VR guest yep. on that Tuesday or whatever. So it's just one com- another complication to consider. But again, the reservation thing, it's all optional. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to do this step. Yeah. You're going to have a good time. And if you don't go to every marquee restaurant, um, that's fine. Like You're still going to have a good time. Um, you can also use, there are reservation finder services where you say, you know, I want a reservation at Ohana on this day and the services will continually look for them and then like email you or, um, I don't think I've ever tried this. I should try. I did one time. Does that work? Yeah. Like I forgot about it when they emailed me. (laughs) It's like, there's a reservation available at 2 PM for Ohana. Um, so you can use those. Uh, but the last minute reservation cancellation thing that, that they've done where you can cancel two hours before, it really is a game changer. You really can get a lot more stuff um, uh, right before you go. And I would liken it to back to our New York trip, uh, going to the tickets booth in Times Square uh, for your show tickets. Um, you don't know exactly what you're going to see until three o'clock that day. Um, but odds are you'll find something you like. Yeah. All right, so we have done all of our pre-planning. Hooray! Now we just have to wait. Yep, days wait. until we can go. Okay, here we go. Uh, so, Michael, take us through what you what we do on the day. Okay, and all of this is optional. Yes, so you don't have to do any of this. Um, but if you're trying to to maximize what you do during a day, yep. Um, you have several options to choose from for experiencing attractions, and that would be Genie Plus, Virtual Queues, and Lightning Lanes, or individual Lightning Lanes. So I'm going to go over kind of each one and what the difference is, because 
it can be a bit complicated, not only with the wording or the names of everything, but like different times and yeah, um, sure. So I'm gonna start with Genie versus Genie Plus, okay? Because they're two different things. So Genie is the free service that's part of the My Disney Experience app, where um, you basically tell it, "I want to do these things," and it kind of creates a little itinerary for you. Yeah. So basically, it does like kind of like a limited version of what touring plans yep. service offers. Um, but if you've never been before, it can be helpful to kind of tell you what order to do things based on whatever criteria yeah. it's using. And it also gives you wait times and... Yeah. Um, and that's free. So everyone can use that. Yep. Um, Genie Plus is the same day like ride reservation system that has replaced the old FastPass Plus system. But they are different in some key ways. So on one hand, it's more limited to... Um, it's more limiting to like frequent guests and planners because you can't reserve Genie Plus ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be more convenient for first timers since you don't have to worry so much about planning what attraction you want to do on which day, um, yeah. 60 or 30 days ahead of time. Yep. Uh, so your mileage may vary. Um, so Genie Plus, if you choose to do this, you can purchase this on the day of, but that starts at, the, uh, at midnight. So you can conceivably purchase your Genie Plus for your party before you go to bed. Oh, um, you I can't book, that. you can't make a reservation, um, but you can have it. But you can have it. What I usually do is wake up at six fifty, buy Genie Plus, and then a few minutes later make the reservation. Um, that's because the first Genie Plus Lightning Lane reservation can be made at seven a.m. Mm-hmm. and that's for everyone. That's regardless of whether you're on site, off site, pass holder, DVC, etc. Um, each additional Genie Plus Lightning Lane reservation can be made as soon as you've tapped into your first attraction or two hours after the park opens or from your previous reservation, whichever is earlier. So if you've used the old FastPass system, you could do three up front. This one is always like a one-at-a-time thing. Yep. Um, but you, you can kind of, depending on what times you get, you can kind of take advantage of uh, when you're allowed to make the next one. So, for example, if you get up at 7, you book your first Genie Plus reservation at, say, 12.30, right? Um, <clears throat> you would be in the park opens at 9. Um, you'd be able to book a, your next Genie Plus reservation at um, two hours after the park opens. So, that's 11. Um so then you'll have two Genie Plus reservations, one at, ele- one at whatever time, and then one at 12.30. Um, <clears throat> or if you book one at 7 and you book it for 9.15, when you use that one at 9.15, as soon as you scan your uh, Magic Band or whatever um, on the first gate, you can then get your next uh, reserva- Genie Plus reservation. I'm about to call it FastPass. So. Right. Um, so the timing is a little weird sometimes, but very helpful on your My Genie Plus board thing. It says like you can get another yeah. one at this time. So we generally set like a timer or uh, an alarm for for when the next one happens. Yeah, and it's still confusing. Like it, we've used it for, I guess they've had it for like a year and a half now. We've used it a lot, and you still kind of get mixed up as to when you can get your next one. Like sometimes I think like okay, I've just tapped into this experience. I should be able to get another one. Um, but it turns out I can't because the experience I just did was the two-hour one and not the one that I had previously scheduled. Yeah. Like, it's just... Sometimes it 
It's a little bit of juggling. Yeah, you have to wrap your head around it. So use that. Just it'll tell you, and it'll tell you the end of the hour block that you can book your thing to. So keep that in mind. It's not the exact time that you can book. It's basically the no later than time, hmm. um, or no earlier than time. Um, also, if you have trouble, if you're booking in the morning, sometimes you can't get a reservation, a Genie Plus reservation for the attraction you want the most. So like if you're trying to get a Slinky Dog, um, those tend to go right away. Um, but one tip is that there tends to be, uh, it's like they refill the the pool, essentially, of Genie Plus Lightning Lanes. It seems to be twice between 7 and 7.30. One happens pretty close, like 7.03 to 7.10, and then at 7.30. And then Apparently, and I, you know, I don't have evidence for this, but according to the internet, throughout the day, usually like on the hour, a half hour, they'll adjust how many of the attractions have. So more may show up later in the day that weren't available oh, earlier in the day. Um, so, yeah, because I have seen some that like have been sold out, and then suddenly there's like there's a Jungle Cruise in twenty minutes. Yeah, oh, okay. or like people have canceled them or changed them because you can modify them. So kind of like the park, the dining reservations, it. You know, if you're trying to, if you're really trying to get something, it behooves you just to kind of keep checking. Yeah. Um, if it's that important to you. Yep. Or if it's the number one thing, get in line for it. Like, if yeah. it's gonna ruin your trip if you don't go, like, don't spend all day trying to get a lightning lane because what you're you're still waiting in line. So just you know, get in line. If it's a three hour line, then keep checking. But you know. <laughs> And my one, I mean, said we weren't going to talk about like tips and stuff, but like my one little tip or strategy that I use with Genie Plus. So like my first instinct is to get whatever thing I want to ride the most. Mm-hmm. But I typically look for which ones have a queue that's in the sun. Yeah. And so those... Are, which I appreciate very much. Because <laughs> the Genie Plus for those are more valuable to me. Yeah. Um, you know, on sunny days in Florida. So, and as a vampire, basically, <laughs> um, I don't like waiting in the sun. So, all right. So, our next uh, topic is going to be virtual queues. Yes. So, there's not always going to be a virtual queue. Right now, there is. Um, so, virtual queues can be made at 7 a.m. Also, and that's for anyone, regardless of whether you're on-site, off-site, pass holder, DVC. Again, so mm-hmm. same as Genie Plus. Um, currently, there's two virtual queues. There's one for Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind, and Tron Light Cycle Run. Um, but I have no idea how long they can continue with the Guardians one. Mm-hmm. Tron will probably be for a while because it just opened. Um, so there will probably be a virtual queue for Tron for at least the next year. Yep. Um, but it's something you'll have to see if they're still doing a virtual queue when you go um, for these particular attractions. Yep. And the virtual queue is like... Uh, it's like calling ahead at a restaurant, right? Like, yeah. not a reservation necessarily, but calling ahead, you get on the waiting list and then they tell you when to come into the yeah. the restaurant and then you're, you know, it still could take 30, 45 minutes to get on the ride, but you have a, a time where you can come and your wait's not going to be terrible and that's free. The virtual queues are free. Yep. And you don't have control over the time. So like, Oh yeah. When you make a virtual queue, it'll tell you what you'll basically get whatever the next available slot is. So yep. you have no control over when. So it may be immediately. Yep. 
or it may be like 12 hours later. Yep. And don't rely on the time that the app tells you to be back there. So if you have a low number on your virtual queue, go ahead. Get up and get in the shower. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I've started getting more strict about like when you show up and I've had the issue a couple times where I've been in a really early queue and suddenly ready before the parks even open. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm not th- there yet. So like, it's just whatever. Most of the time, the virtual queues and even the individual lightning lanes, which we'll talk about in a second, will let you come after, but it's not guaranteed. And like, I wouldn't count on that for like a 4th of July. Right. And um, Tron specifically has said they will not let late people in. Now, oh, really? Now your mileage may vary with different cast members. Um, and I'm sure like if it's like 15 minutes late, that's one thing or, yeah. you know, but if you come like an hour or Six two hours, hours late, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, cause you want a nighttime ride. Um, oh, yeah. they're not going to accommodate yeah, yeah. that most likely. That makes sense. Um, but I have, I have used that with guardians where I've mainly because the app told me the wrong time. So I kind of planned, which is my fault. I planned too much time before I got there. They still let me go in but it was only like an hour later it wasn't like yeah half a day later yeah we uh we frequently will get lightning lanes and virtual queues for both of us for guardians of the galaxy but i can only ride it really once a day so uh then it's uh okay use this one first <laughs> then use my virtual queue then use your lightning lane <laughs> then use your virtual queue <laughs> yeah it's like a dance yeah it is like a dance all right, our next thing is the individual lightning lanes. Um, so this is confusing because Genie Plus uses lightning lanes. Yep. But these are the purchasable lightning lanes. Yep. Um, so these attractions aren't part of the Genie Plus um, service. And there's only five of them currently. Um, you have Seven Doors Mine Train, Tron Light Cycle Run, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, Rise of the Resistance, and Flight of Passage. Um, so... Unlike Genie Plus, you can choose what time you want to go during the day. Also, unlike Genie Plus, uh, the purchase can be made at 7 a.m., but only for guests staying on property. Mm-hmm. Anyone else, you have to wait till the park opens. So typically, you have a two, an hour and a half or a two-hour wait, um, which sometimes can make the lightning lanes fill up with people that are staying on property. Yep. So that's something to consider. Um if it's that important to you, then you may want to stay on property. Yeah. Um, that is another plus uh, for staying on property is you have the opportunity to purchase yes. this thing <laughs> earlier. So like it's kind of a backhanded compliment of pluses, but you know, it, it is uh, if that's, if you own, if you're there 4th of July and you only want to do Tron, um, probably want to stay on property so that you can get up at seven and, and book your lightning link. Cause they may be gone. Yeah. When, Oh, I'm sorry. And I forgot to mention for the virtual queue, you have multiple, there's three times during the day that you can, it's not just at 7 a.m. Yep. So you can try again at 1 p.m. And then in the evening, if you're one of the deluxe resort, like I forgot what they call it, magic hours or whatever, there's like a 6 or 6.30 virtual queue slot. But for most people, it's just going to be the 7 a.m. and uh, 1 p.m. that you're going to be going for. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are three that you can try for. Yep. But again, individual lightning lane, you get to choose what time you want to go. Um, and you do that either at 7 a.m. or when the park opens. Yep. And this is like 
So where the virtual queue is like call ahead at a restaurant, this is actual reservation at a restaurant. Yeah. And then the only other thing I would mention um, that you do the day of, and we kind of already touched on this, is if you didn't get a dining reservation that you wanted ahead of time, the spots open up much more frequently on the day of now that guests can cancel up to two hours prior to their reservation time. So if it's really important you to eat at Be Our Guest or Ohana or whatever, um, keep checking during the day because there's a really good chance uh, a slot will open up, at least from our experience in the last couple months. Yep. Yeah. So that's the list. It is uh, figure out when you want to go, how much you want to spend, find a place to stay, figure out which parks you want to go to, then decide on restaurants and experiences. And that's all 60 days or that's 60 days in advance. Then we wait. <laughs> then you have a uh, day of stuff that you can choose to do or not to do. Uh, but either way, you're going to have a good time. Um, yeah. And, th- and there's also, if you haven't been before and this is overwhelming, there are a lot of resources online that you can use to kind of, walk through the process again yep. for any of these steps. But one thing to consider is if you read too much or what you're reading is from people that go all the time, um, their perspective of things is going to be different than yours. Yep. And so um, you want to take that into account as to what you're choosing to read. Yep. Um, because someone that can go anytime that they want is going to have different advice. Just like what we've said, like stuff that's worked for us may not work for you. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people get caught up in the Genie Plus, individual lightning lanes, virtual queues, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so that's another one. If you if you read a lot about it up front, um, it can get convoluted. It can not make sense. But remember, they're building these experiences for people who, have, who are going to Disney for the first time. Um, they're, they... Um, uh, so they need to be simple enough to use. Um, and it's like reading instructions for a board game um, that may be a little more complicated than like a sorry <laughs> or something like reading monopoly instructions. If you read those, like it's, that's a lot. But when you play a couple of rounds, when you make your first couple of genie pluses, you do your first lightning lane. Um, yeah. You get it. Like it, it's, it's pretty easy to get. And, um, and I think not having to decide what ride you're going to do, six months in advance on what day. Um, I think that's good. I agree. Um, and having it more, you're more in the moment, but you still get to do a little bit of advanced planning and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, all in all, uh, I like the genie plus and the individual lightning lanes of virtual queues, um, can be a little intimidating, but it's, it's really not difficult to use at all. Yeah. All right. If you have any, uh, I don't know, bullet points to add to our official <laughs> checklist, <laughs> uh, trip planning checklist, um, let us know. You can email us at info at tfppodcast.com. We're on uh, what, Instagram and Reddit at slash TFP podcast and Twitter at TFP underscore podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Um, check out our merch at uh, shop.tfppodcast.com and join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash tfppodcast. I think that's it, right? That's it. All right. Thanks for listening. We will see you real soon. Bye. Bye.